0: a company is heaven your way my name is charles marshall the project's creator and founder
1: this This, this this is this is is diversified a podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with
0: kelly he may
2: agree he may oppose and it's more than just race it's about you know ideas
0: so let the game begin
2: Hey, it's Kellen and today on diversified game. This is a real unique episode I have and I don't think anybody else has done an interview like this with a person who is creating an audio Bible and he's going to give us the game Charles Marshall heaven your way. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fabulous. Thank you, Keelan. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. This is really exciting. Thank you, sir. Well, well,
2: I want, you know, when you had reached out and I told you, This Your project, I had tried to start, and again, people, I don't have all successes, but I tried to start something like this, and it's difficult to get this many people together to create an audio Bible and have them do it on time, so I just want you to tell the people what you're doing so we can highlight it, and we all can support you and your project to the best of our
0: ability, so please share the game. Well, I, I appreciate it. I think, you know, one of the things for me was that, you know, sort of the the concept of the project and really the vision behind the project is what grew the legs. So it wasn't even necessarily me. In fact, you know, if you speak to any of the artists that are on the project, they'll all tell you that, well, you know, Charles, Charles tells us all the time that this is not his project. It's just his idea. Um, you know, it was really supported by, you know, the artist and their understanding of the vision that I was trying to create. Um, And so that really had more to do with it than anything. And it certainly wasn't me because, you know, who am I? right? (laughs) Um, But the the idea and the concept came about for me uh, really when just sort of witnessing what was happening um, nationally, you know, throughout the country. Of course, then there were, you know, situations that were happening all over the world. And one of the things that I noticed was that we were starting to notice, you know, varying behavioral patterns throughout the country. And, and nobody could quite figure out what that was about. Um, I had spoken to various religious leaders around the country. I'd reached out to politicians. I was so bold that I actually sent the letter to the Vatican addressed to Pope Francis. Uh, and, and you're welcome to get a copy of that, by the way. It's It's a really heartfelt letter. Um, you know, just seeking understanding of what was happening in society. And so the more and more I sort of dove into this, um, I started recognizing that the effects of COVID-19, the pandemic, was really sort of the culprit, if you will. Um, a lot of people were going through you know, great bouts of depression from being locked in their homes. And, you know, when you talk about humans being very social animals, this pandemic has really shown a light on how social and how much interactivity we need as a species. And so with that, I just started thinking about a way to try and help lift the spirit of not only Americans, but people around the world. And uh, so I came up with the idea um, after sort of watching what was happening. And then of course, when George Floyd was murdered, uh, that was really sort of the catalyst that that sparked me to really push it forward. Um, I had an opportunity to speak with, again, lots of clergy, lots of bishops, uh, clinical psychiatrists that I'd call. And, and a lot of these people I don't know personally. I would just send them emails with the hopes that they would respond. Right? <laughs> and um, surprisingly enough, you know, people did respond. And they, again, they didn't have answers to the the, the situations that we were seeing. And, um, you know, one of the guys that I spoke to, um, which was the fraternal order of police, his name is Patrick Yoes. In fact, he's the president of that organization. Uh, you know, he talked about new policies that they were trying to implement and so forth. And I thought, well, that's not really going to get it done. Uh, even though I'm not a trained psychiatrist or a psychologist or anything, I just felt like we needed something different. And the idea of the Bible app came about because it was really just my desire to try and help society to help the country and to help the world and to bring relief and to bring a little joy to people. And so one day I just woke up and said, I'm going to do this Bible app. And, um, I would sit down in front of YouTube for, you know, hours. I would start at four o'clock in the morning and I would just look at videos of every single artist on YouTube. And I would do that until nine o'clock in the morning. And from nine o'clock till nine o'clock at night, 9am in the morning till nine at night, Uh, I would, I would send emails to all of these artists and say, look guys, it's our individual responsibility to help lift us out of despair. And I think that message really resonated with all of these artists. So again, it wasn't necessarily me. It was their desire as well as mine to try and do something positive for the country and for the rest of the world. And, and that really, really got everything going. And I think that, um, You know, some of the artists that I spoke to, of course, they had other relationships. Um, You know, when you talk to people like, uh, as an example, if you talk to, you know, get people on board like, you know, an artist like a John P. Key or a Fred Hammonds or Dorinda Clark or, you know, someone like that, all of a sudden the community now knows about it. Uh, and that was really a great lift. A, a lady by the name of Sheila Bell came in and was really instrumental in, in working with me on that. She does a, a report called the Bell Report, uh, that she puts out to the community. Uh, I think it's twice a week. Uh, and then of course you had, you know, country music artists out of Nashville, uh, a gentleman by the name of Q Phillips, which is a, a fairly successful management firm out of Nashville. Uh, you have people like, uh, Ed Leonard, which is the president and CEO of Daywind Records. Uh, you have cross uh, it was a crossroads label group out of North Carolina that brought a lot of bluegrass artists to the table. Um so it was that message, I think, that resonated with all of these artists uh, because when you look at the roster it it literally is amazing from you know icons of country, you know music legends, you know disco divas, believe it or not, that are on the project. Um, you know so so it spans the entire genre of music artists on the project. So I'm really excited about it and And I love you know the first time we talked,
2: you had told me uh some of this, but the fact that it's you know tell people who you were before this because people would assume that you're just in the business, you know connected um maybe a preacher yourself, definitely have a radio voice so you know <laughs> who, who were who were you before this project?
0: Well, I, I, I always joke with people and tell them I was a test pilot for UFOs. Now, that's not true, but it is funny. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not a test pilot for UFOs. What my background is, um, I worked in the finance industry for quite a few years. Um, and um, I'm not a preacher, minister, clergy, you know, any of those things. It was just me seeing the need to do something about what was happening in the country. Um, I've worked on fairly complex financial models for very large institutions. Uh, I've worked with investment banks uh, in New York. Uh, I've worked on raising capital for IPOs and the early stage of funding. And um, that's pretty much what I've been doing for the last, you know, 15 years. And uh, of course, prior to that, I I started playing piano when I was very, very young. I started playing piano when I was around six years old and that became sort of my career. But that was over in 1994 and I never went back to to music or the entertainment industry. Uh, so I primarily focused on creating financial models within the, um, the the finance world. So no, I'm not a preacher, nor am I in the music industry. Uh, again, I think it was just the message that resonated with all of these artists that brought them on board. And, uh, you know, the, the the toughest call that you make in a situation like this because you don't really know anyone in the industry anymore, it's always that first call, you know. And it, it's, you know, once that first call, that first artist says yes, uh, things start progressing very quickly because I actually started pre- uh, preparing the artist list in March of this year. And within the first week, I think I had around 150 artists. And that was really sort of, um, you know, the re- that was based on me having discussions with a gentleman named Philip Carter, um, that runs the independent music association. Uh, so he was very instrumental in, in, in helping as well, as was Darrell, um, uh, what was Darrell's last name. I can't remember his last name now. Um, but, but it was, the, it was the message, I think, that resonated. Because it's all about being happy. It's all about spreading joy, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so all of these artists jumped in and, and really made it happen, man. And so when you talked about the difficulty of getting artists to do something like this, you know, th- these artists are all represented by, you know, fairly significant record labels and, you know, management companies that really look out for these artists. And that can be difficult sometimes to get around that or to get those managers to the point where they will present it to the artists. Um, but I think by the time I got to around three or 400 artists, the word had gotten around the industry that we were actually doing this. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been an incredible experience. I can, I can share uh, certainly tell you that.
2: Yeah, that's that. I mean, that in itself is amazing because and and I'm going to, you know, really tell you and push you and say, hey, uh, can you please hit the the Toastmaster or the NSA circuit? Because it seems like it'd be a natural fit. And after dealing with all these people, you're definitely going to have a lot to talk about. When should this project be complete? Because it's one thing to get the artist, you know, say, okay, we'll do it. But then it's okay. Completion and it's not just them turning in their work, it's then editing their work and you know the distribution. So,
0: what timeline are you giving yourself? Well, so here's what I did, and I'll, and I'll tell you what the timeline looks like before I dive into the process. So, what we're looking at is the end of March of 2022, um, and there is a reason for that, which is artists are busy people. Right? Uh, and so we have to work around their schedules. But because we have a thousand recording artists on the project, we know that we can, you know, work around schedules enough that we can probably do 15 to 20 artists a day. Um, so we're very confident that we're going to hit that timeline of March, you know, early April. Um, now the organizational part of that really falls on a company called Edge Studio out of New York. Um, I have been working with edge now, um, got, I guess, since January, uh, when I first went to them about the project and edge does voiceover work. These are the premier voiceover studios in, a, in the country. Uh, I basically laid out the foundational process of how I wanted this to work. Um, drew up what we would consider schematics, if you will, uh, created spreadsheets and, and shared that with the studio. And I said, look, I want you guys to manage and produce this entire project uh from start to finish. That means recording all of the artists, setting up all of the recording studios around the country. And I would argue that by the time we're done, we will have probably utilized about three or four hundred recording studios just on the voiceover part. Um, but they're coordinating that entire work. And it's amazing at how organized these people really are. I mean these are true professionals, right? <laughs> so when you look at their website, you see names like Disney, Warner Brothers, CBS, MetLife, I mean, just the list of Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies are endless. And so these are absolute pros at what they do. And they're pros at organizing and sort of creating um, the system in which we would do this. And so we we're, we're, again, we're very confident that we can hit our target of March, early April for the release of the app itself.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. And how can the people support the project to you know to help that? Because not once have you mentioned um you know the uh, I'm getting the vultures. I mean the venture capitalist uh, <laughs> together <laughs> on on this this project. <laughs> so uh, can people like yep. pre buy into this?
0: Well, yeah, and that's a very good question because you know when I first started it, it wasn't necessarily. You know, and, uh, you know, I didn't think about any of that stuff because it was really just a mission that I felt I was responsible for executing. And that was to make sure I had all of the artists first. And then at that point, I thought, well, you know, I'll talk to various organizations about funding it. Uh, but the more and more I, I dove into this, the more and more I realized, and not just from my own sort of, you know, ability to think through these things, but because I spoke to some very high level people <laughs> within the faith-based community. Uh, but I also spoke to a lot of venture capital firms that everybody wanted to invest in the project and everybody wanted to do, you know, they, they wanted it to become their project. And and I was very fortunate because I met a gentleman and I don't want to mention his name now, but uh, he made me aware of something. He said, Charles, even though, You're not a bishop or a minister or any of these things. He goes, I have to tell you that because of the very nature of the project that you're doing and because you have a thousand recording artists of all different denominations and different faiths, you have to be very careful about who you allow to invest in your project and the light bulb went on and i thought you know what he's absolutely right now not, not to mention that a few record labels did show up and say hey you know who's funding this you know we want to know everything there's <laughs> to know about it before we allow our artists to participate and uh you know i was met with some resistance based on you know some of the organizations because some organizations are political and you don't necessarily want to have this become left or right leaning a political you know agenda for any you know political organization So what I decided to do was to just open it up to the general public and we're just going to crowdfund the project. That's how we're going to do it. It remains the project of the artist. It remains the project of the people. So we're going to start crowdfunding the project starting next week. And um, yeah, we hope everyone will come in and support it.
2: No, that's, that's great. And you know, you've, you've mentioned it, this whole project is what my next question is, but I'm going to ask you, what is your community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future?
0: Well, we have some things that we're working on, um, myself along with Edge Studio. One thing that I do want to say, which ties directly into what you're referencing, the project will not only be, a thousand recording artists narrating the entire King James Bible. We've also put together a team of songwriters that are writing songs for every chapter in the Bible. And I think i mentioned that to you the first time we spoke. So for every, every chapter in the Bible, there will be a a song composed for that chapter based on the storyline of that chapter. So we've been looking at different ways to utilize that uh, as it relates to what your, you know, your question. And we're still sort of working through that process at this point. But I can assure you, whatever it is, it's going to be fun and it's going to be exciting. You
2: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want to make sure I I don't you know, try to oversell it. Um, because if you happen to, you know, take one thing out and I ask you, so people say, well, you said in (laughs) 2021 (laughs) that this thing would be a hologram and I could talk to, you know, and it's like, no, we we don't, we don't want to set you up in in that way. Um, right. That you know
0: well, but the, it, but the, the, you know. the one thing I will say is that you know because of the very nature of what we're doing. So I work with a company called ClabEx, C L A V A X. That is the app developer for the, the the project for the app itself. Now, what I can share with you, at least on a very rudimentary level, is that there are components and functionality within this particular app that doesn't exist anywhere else. So imagine you're on the app, you have the opportunity to speak to, pick an artist, you know, interaction with that artist directly from that app. Imagine being able to have FaceTime with those artists on this app. There's no other app in the market like it. So because of the way we've laid this out, it is very unique to the app market, particularly as it pertains to the Bible app themselves cuz i think there's probably 4000 apps in the market but there is absolutely nothing in the market like this
2: now it nothing like this being out there how do you humble yourself So when, you know, everything is complete and done and you have, you know, your Amazons, your Audibles and everybody else saying, you know, this is a great thing. I know you said it's for the people, but we're seeing the uh, the big M's. Possibly the billions, um, you know, behind it. After you've done that, how do you humble yourself to say, this is how I want to structure it? Because, you know, people say power corrupts, but money sometimes can change people if they don't know where they're headed.
0: Uh, Yeah. And that's a good question, too. (laughs) In fact, um, one of the things that, you know, and again, I share this because it's true. This is not my project. I came up with the idea. Uh, this wasn't designed as a project to, to sort of rack up money. Uh, and I'm going to ask you a question, and you may know this guy. His name is, um, is Allo Black. Do you know that name? I don't. Allo Black did an amazing song, man. And, and I just remember hearing it almost every day for like a couple of years, you know. <laughs> and I saw him on a show he was on, I think, with Trevor Noah. Uh, you know, the talk show, late night uh, talk mm-hmm. show host. And he talked about the fact that he had the most popular song and the most downloaded or most streamed song in the world. And he talked about the income that he made from that. And it was so minuscule. I, I literally sent him an email that night when I saw his interview because I said to him, I said, listen, I need to talk to you because there are things that I know that you can do. So the industry, and again, this is all based on what I'm hearing from a thousand recording artists, right? That industry has changed drastically and it's incredibly challenging for artists now, particularly the smaller independent artists to to, to make a way or to make a living from their craft and from their art. So I have been thinking about a way to embrace them because You know, what they're doing for us on this app, and when I say us, I mean the world. What these artists are doing for us, they deserve something for this. And my goal is to make sure that they get compensated down the road for this kind of work. So it wasn't about money for me at all. In fact, I'll tell you how it's not about money. I came up with the idea and I actually offered to give this project to the gospel music association patents and everything. I said, look, you guys should do this because this is what you do. You're qualified. And and I just think that you guys would do a great job. Uh, they said, no, Charles, this is your vision. You have to do it. I literally tried to give it away to three other companies and no one would do it because they said, Charles, this is your vision. You have to do this. And I took it on uh, because I can assure you, I had never thought in a million years I would do anything like this, right? So I, 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 believe me, I'm grateful that I did because now I've gotten a chance to meet and talk to some of the most amazing recording artists in the world. Um, so I think when you are around those sort of people, they keep you humble, right? Because yeah. without them, this, isn't, this is not a project without them. So if, if there is a billion dollars made, it goes to the artists. If there is a dollar made, it goes to the artist. Again, this wasn't, this isn't even my profession, right? You know? <laughs> so, um, it, it's just something I want to do, man. I'll be honest with you. You know, well, you know, with this not
2: being your profession and having a great voice for radio, great microphone, do you see yourself going <laughs> around and getting on the the speaker's, you know, tour and, you know, talking about this? Is that something you even entertain?
0: Um, You know, I, I was just uh, asked about that from someone at MSNBC, and I hadn't really given that any thought because I've been so in, engulfed in what I'm working on at this point. Um. But I, I'm certainly not opposed to, to going out and, and making a presentation about the project. What I would really like to do, and in fact, I've already asked some of the artists if they would do interviews for the project so that, it's, so that it doesn't turn into a project about me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if these artists that are on the project wouldn't mind going out doing the interviews, yeah, they can do them or I can do them. So again, I'm not opposed to doing that. Uh, but I think I want to keep the the central focus on the project and the project's vision and purpose. So I think a lot of times when you become sort of that, the face of the organization or sort of the spokesman for that brand, you know, if you're not careful, it can become about you. And I don't ever want that to happen with this project. Um, I I would be happy if you did it. You're a great guy, you know, got to, you know, so (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I can assure. You, it, it's not something that I aspire to do. Let's put it that way. But if I have to, I would be happy to do it.
2: And I could definitely see how the artist would say yes, because I know even for myself, I'd say, oh, sure, let's talk about this. And it's, you know, and you can switch it off so no one gets the big head because it's so easy to just believe your own hype. Just so easy Mm. to fall into that and say, oh, yes, my chest is poked out and I, I, but we're really just all a grain of sand and with unity. And with everybody, with yes. unity, we all yes. win. Is a hashtag I love to to share because it's never about me. I mean, it, ever, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, well, well. Let me just tell you a funny story. So, when I started this, you know, I I just remember you know getting the first few artists and thinking to myself, "Wow, these people are incredible," and I would be so happy all day, right, till nine o'clock at night. I'd pass out, go to sleep, and I would think to myself. I literally just heard the most amazing artists in the world today. And I wake up the next morning and I come out and I start working and I hear another group of amazing artists. And I'm like, no, these are the most amazing artists I've ever heard. (laughs) I went through that every single day. And I'm telling you, there are people that are on this project that, that I've gotten to know personally now. So when you talk to these people, and that's why I'm setting the app up the way I am so that there is direct communication with these artists, because I think once people really get to know who these artists are, they're going to gain a whole new level of respect for these people. Uh, you know, you get to know their families, you get to know their, their career aspirations, you get to hear about how they arrive. I mean, so so I have a thousand people that I'm humbled in front of every single day. So, so it's impossible for me to stick my chest out because there, there's a lady right now and I believe she's in Carolina. Her name is Denise Teschner. Um, I, I just happened to hear her one day and I remember calling her up and I, I couldn't believe this woman. Absolutely incredible. Uh, there's another gentleman out in Texas, country singer reached out to him and he said, Oh yeah, I've got some hits. I've won Grammys. I've won this, I've won that. And we just talked, we talked for probably an hour. And an incredible vocalist. I just, I mean, just amazing, you know? Uh, and then of course you got, you know, people like CC C. Winans and you know, all the, the, the usual, you know, amazing artists. Another guy that I love is a guy named, um, uh, Marshall, uh, what is Marshall's last name? I can't remember all these people, um, but um, y- y- these people keep you humble. <laughs> you know, the minute you think you are, all you have to do is listen to them, and you go, okay, okay, they're they're it, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when you find yourself just being grateful to be in the company of such incredible, you know, artists.
2: No, this is this is great stuff. Where can people connect? Um, you know, and we can put this out whenever it's right and ready for them to go. But yeah, where can people connect to? Um, you know, download the app or
0: you know help with the crowdfunding. Yeah, so we're actually launching it as I said next week, and it might even be later this week because we're just waiting for a few items to be done. But if they go to www HeavenYourWay.com. It will open the door for all to see and uh, you'll see a lot of the artists that are on the project. You'll see a lot of the crowdfunding um, material that's on the website, a lot of videos explaining what the project is. Um, so yeah, the crowdfunding is going to start and you go to HeavenYourWay.com and that's where you can find us. We're also going to be on. So all of the social media platforms. Um, that um, will also launch uh, here in a few days. So, yeah, I would love to have everyone come in and help support the project. Um really looking forward to it. Well, you guys by the time this airs, you can go right to those
2: sites. Um you can check the description box, you can tap in, click in. Maybe hey, there's some interesting rewards there for you early birds. It's kind of like for you qualified investors, you know, you guys get it first. So this allows yep. everyone to be a qualified investor and you can go download tap in because this will be um game changing and that's we thank you you know for coming on and sharing it with us oh it's my pleasure anytime thank you very much for having me on the show you guys have been blessed by the game make sure you share this with someone it will change their life be blessed y'all hi
1: guys i'm kai Gaviam from the diaspora channel a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well, and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.divertifygame.com. Don't miss out.